Welcome to checking out the competition, New York Islanders edition again. And thankfully, I am joined again by one of my absolute favorite SB Nation people, one of the OG writers, in my opinion, Dan Sarazzini from Lighthouse Hockey. Dan, how are you doing? I am very well, and it is great to talk to you again. Yeah, it is great, isn't it? Yes. So we just played you guys last weekend. And I did not do one of these for that game because I was um, slacking. <laughs> but I feel like we can kind of talk about both because it kind of presents a unique opportunity, I think, because that game didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. And so maybe this game will, or maybe I've adjusted my expectations. I don't know. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the thing that you wanted to talk about um, because it's hilarious. And that is um, Islanders fans really – Still being upset with John Tavares, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was. I think the only person surprised by the reaction uh, of him uh, to him when he came back to the Coliseum uh, was him. I think we all kind of expected yeah. that to happen. Uh, whether or not that derailed their game against the Flyers a couple of days later remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, that was pretty much what I expected. Uh, I expected a lot more stuff thrown on the ice than a couple of things. Yeah. It, you know, everybody's every, – every fan base has those three or four knuckleheads that are going to throw stuff on the ice. But uh, other than that, yeah, it was uh, – that was a, a sign to the world that, yes, we are very much still mad about how the whole thing went down. It's. I was actually surprised that so many people were surprised that that was the reception <laughs> that he got because it's not like when your favorite player is traded away. Um, it's like when you get dumped by someone and like several months later, it's like, all right, I'm fine. Lost a little bit of weight. Things are going great at work. Everything's cool. But you still want that person to suffer <laughs> and be unhappy. So it's like, you know, he, he broke up with you guys. Of course you're going to boo him when he comes back to town. Like you're not going to do a tribute video. It's going to be, you know, fuck you, John Tavares. You left us. <laughs> And now we're doing good without you. So piss off. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what people expected. Yeah, no, the breakup, the breakup uh, comparisons are definitely apt. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, too, like, I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that, that that game and that reaction was a reaction not just to him coming back, but, like, the whole last two years of being an Islanders fan yeah. has really kind of sucked. Like, mm -hmm. it really has. I mean, the team wasn't very good on the ice. They... You know, and outside of like a trade for Jordan Eberle and swapping out one intermittently ineffective coach for another intermittently ineffective coach, there wasn't a whole lot of change there. Uh, you know, they moved from one arena that they couldn't stay in to another arena that really nobody was really happy with. Even, you know, there are Barclays Center fans out there, but even they admit that the arena is not that great. Um, and then, you know, on, on top of things, this guy basically, oh, well, it, you know, for two years, all we heard about was how this guy had to leave the Islanders. He's going to leave. He should leave. This and and everybody and their grandmother are basically taking it out on us. And the only thing we had to hang on to was John Tavares saying, "No, I want to stay here. I like it here. This is my team. I want to win here. I want to be a one uniform guy like so many great Islanders before me." But then when the time came to put pen to paper, he was like, "Actually, you know what? My dream is to play for these guys. So I'll see you later." Pajama and, boy, am I right? Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I mean, I think that game, in, in fairness, like I think that game, for me anyway, it, it brought up a sense of closure. Like we got it over with. 
The team did the video. His teammates a- applauded him, although Matt Barzell conspicuously did not applaud him. If you notice, if you go back and look at the video, it's actually kind of funny. That um, is funny. Yeah, and, you know, we all got it out of our system, and now he's just going to come back as a returning player. Now, they play the Leafs again on April 1st. I'm not saying that the reaction isn't going to be similar. I'm just saying it's probably going to be turned down, you know, one or two notches. And then eventually next season and beyond, it'll kind of get less and less. But, you know, it was wild. <laughs> I mean, listen, the Flyers have held up booing Sidney Crosby every time he touches the puck for a solid decade. So I believe yeah. you guys can keep this up for as long as you need to. Oh, we could keep it up forever. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the current version of the Islanders. Yes which continues to confuse <laughs> and enrage me. Mm. Um, mostly just not because of anything, you know, with the Islanders. I think the Islanders are a storied organization, loyal fans, a mm. lot of likable players on the team. I personally hate Lou Lamorello. <laughs> I hate him. Mm. I don't want anything good to happen to him. And so as such, this ridiculously improbable group of misfits that he has put together, being in first place in the Metro is driving me bonkers. (laughs) And I think for the entire season, like me and probably everybody, like I'm thinking about like Manny on Twitter um, from Corsica Hockey. Like he is like extremely invested in the Islanders failing because if you look at the underlying numbers for the team, they're not great and they haven't been great, but things like shooting percentages are like Val Philpola, who we're all very familiar with. I think when I looked yesterday, he was shooting like over 12%. Like Alex Ovechkin shoots at 13%. What is, I don't know what's happening up there, but in your mind, what do you think it is that has propelled this team to almost the top of the conference for almost the entire season? Well, first of all, don't feel bad if you do hate the Islanders because <laughs> everybody hates the Islanders. I mean, I'm. it has always been this way. I am from Long Island. I'm from Nassau County, the heart of Islanders country. And I grew up with people who hated the Islanders, like half the place of Rangers fans. You know, I mean, people have lots of reasons for hating the Islanders. Um, as for why they're here right now, um, it's, it's a number of different things. Um, you know, as... Uh, I'll get to Lou in a second, but a lot of it has to do with Barry Trotz, obviously. Well, yeah. And yeah. And, and not just the kind of like system that he brought, because I mean, every coach's system is probably very, very different, very, not very different from another coach's system. They all kind of work the same way, but he's brought with him this sort of respect level that I think a lot of Islanders coaches prior to him didn't really have. And, you know, he walks in with a Stanley cup and he walks in with a situation with a system that's like, We've won with this. This works. He's won. He had won 700-odd games before he walked in to the Islanders' locker room. This works. And he brought with him all his assistant coaches. He brought with him Mitch Korn to work with the goalies. And they brought in Piero Greco from the Marlies organization, who also works with the goalies. And um, they've just kind of created a whole new feel around the team. And it's, it's you know, you can't – in years past, it was sort of like – yeah, they won a couple of games, but, you know, it's not really going to work out. But here, there's a belief that they can win every game by playing what, what my friend Dominic calls the Trotzian style. Like, that stifling, boring, you know, defensive style where they're very, they're very good in front of the net. They're very, very good in the neutral zone. And they're pretty relentless on the forecheck. And it works, you know. And that sounds – it's not very revolutionary to say stuff like that. 
But when you weren't doing that for the previous two, three, four, five years, it is revolutionary. And you're like, it's almost like watching an entirely new franchise. And so that's really been the big thing. Um, you know, we got, got the team isn't all that different from what it was last year with John Tavares. You know, Filippola is new, Komarov is new, Matt Martin is back. And, you know, the Martin thing is funny, like him and Sezikis and Clutterbuck being back together now is like reforming Voltron. Like they've come <laughs> back and, and you know, re- reformed this sort of unit that works on, on ha- somehow. And Matt Martin has actually turned himself into a pretty good defensive forward. They don't give up a lot of shots. When the three of them are working at their optimal level, they don't give up a lot. And, um, you know, th- it's been, it's been a, a season of stages. So the first 20 or so games, they were kind of getting the hang of the trots way. Again, it wasn't like the way they normally played. And they definitely won a lot of games based on just random shooting percentage from guys like Filippola and amazing goaltending. They got yeah. great goaltending from Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice. And they probably won way more games than they should have only because of that. But it was around just before Thanksgiving, they had a home at home with the Penguins. And they won both ends of that. And you can see the players kind of coming around to the idea like, oh, if we play with the way these guys are telling us to play – we can do this because before that, Trotz had gotten a little bit frustrated with guys not really paying attention. At that point, they started paying attention. And from about the middle of November straight through January, they were lights out. And, I mean, they lost – they've only lost – the other day they lost their first regulation game in like 10 weeks or something like that. Like they just didn't lose. And it was crazy. And so, like, overall, if you look at the overall numbers of the year – yeah, they're not really great, all the underlying numbers. But if you take them in sort of stages, like you take the first 20 games, they're trying to figure things out. Their underlying shot metrics are terrible. They won on goaltending. But then that next big chunk of about 40 games, they were really, really good. They were well over 55% Corsi and all that other stuff. My friend Kerry Haber, Haber Metrics on Twitter, he's, he's the guy who's been like, no, these guys are really good. <laughs> but now, fortunately for you guys, they're, you know, things kind of come back around. And so now they're kind of scuffling a little bit. Flu bug was going through the locker room. A couple of guys are hurt. Um, they have just brought up Michael Dow Cole, made him a regular recall. When they, they play better while he's on the ice, he's kind of a, a big forechecking guy. So they're kind of at a low ebb right now. But there was a time there in the middle of the season where they were among the best teams in the league for, like, legitimate reasons. Uh, so that's how they ended up at the top of the Metro. And whether or not they can stay there for the next three weeks is a big question mark though. They did well banking a lot of points. Yes. So that's always good. And I, I think that's one of those things where like, and I think we learned that the hard way this season, you can't really discount kind of the, what happens when guys buy into a system and believe in each other and believe in what the coach is telling them. Like it's, I think it's what we saw with Las Vegas yeah. last season. They shouldn't have been that good, but they really bought in and they yeah. all did what they were supposed to do, and it worked. And I think that it's probably what's happening with Trotz is that these guys, like you said, after the first 20 or so games, they just bought in. And it's mm. like a mental thing at that point, and they're just yeah. crushing. And I'm hopefully for us, <laughs> we'll get next season. Yeah. The, you know. Yeah. And the, the thing is, too, especially with a team like the Islanders, where I mean, they know they're not talented. Like, they know. I mean, all right, we got Barzell, who's really, really good. Anders Lee is very good. He's very consistent. But, like, you know, Everly's been around and stuff like that. But, like, everybody else is really kind of, like, sort of mid-tier, you know, maybe okay. Um, Nick Letty's taken a real step back, which is kind of a dark cloud over this whole season. He's He was supposed to be their best defenseman. 
This year, you can make the case Ryan Pollock and and uh, Devon Taves, no relation to any other Taves you may know, uh, have been their best defensemen. And so it's even more important for them to play that system because once one guy isn't doing it, the whole thing falls apart. They need everybody playing. And, and again, it's a cliche, but it works. Like they need everybody playing in that system. And maybe over the summer, maybe they, they sign some free agents, then they can get away with you know little bits here and there, maybe not working and, and win on more talent. But until then... They, they need their system to outpace their talent, basically. So I guess that kind of a little bit answers. So when we were chatting earlier, I, I kind of joked about how post-deadline, there's not really a lot to talk about. Like the teams <laughs> are the teams. We're just playing yeah. hockey, kind of just waiting until the postseason. Mm. And you made a joke that, like, no, it's actually really exciting when all you're doing is waiting for your team to collapse. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you what – if anything, we're going to do it. What is the thing that you think would lead to a collapse with the Islanders? Well, you got to bear in mind, I'm the guy with the podcast called Islanders Anxiety. So like my entire <laughs> life is about worrying about a collapse. When I wake up in the morning, I'm glad the whole damn team hasn't moved. Like that's the kind of life you lead as an Islanders fan. Um, you know, it, it it's again, they're, Trot said this the other day, like, Late in the season, you know, it's a grind. I mean, we were, you, guys, you guys were talking about it on the last uh, Ice Sport Radio. The season's too long. It's just yeah. like, too long. There's too many games. And, you know, towards the end here, it is it is a grind, especially if you're trying to make the playoffs. If you're the Ottawa Senators, who the Islanders just beat twice by not playing particularly well, I mean, who cares? But, um, you know, you're trying to play well. You're, you're trying to keep things, you know, in front of you and, and keep the playoffs in mind. But a lot of times towards the end of the season, as Trotz was saying, it's your mind that slacks and not your legs. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a, for them, it's about focus. It's about, you know, again, following the game plan. And the funny thing about the Toronto game where Tavares came back, I mean, there was a whole sideshow aspect of it, but that was the best game they've played in like literally three weeks, if not a month. Yeah. They were focused. They, they were on top of the Leafs from the very beginning. And aside from that one goal in the first period, they were, they literally couldn't, they wouldn't, they didn't let the Leafs breathe for 60 straight minutes. And that's the way they were winning games earlier. So if they can do that and they can focus like that, they can not collapse. But, you know, kind of squeaking by Ottawa because you got a lucky goal halfway through the third. They played one and a half good periods last night in Ottawa and somehow won because the Senators aren't very good. They had to go to a shootout with them on Tuesday, which was kind of like, come on, seriously, these guys? Um so as long as they can keep focused, they don't have a whole lot of games, days off. You know, they got two days off coming up next week. That's about it. Everything else is, is every other day, if not a back-to-back. So it's going to be about the mental focus and, and keeping things, you know, prioritized and, and knowing where to go. If they can do that, I mean, they have a 99.4% chance of the playoffs today, and that's still not good enough for me. Yeah. I want to see an X next to their name before I can relax and be like, all right, they're in. So it's been almost exactly one calendar week since our team has last played. And as you just said, in that time, you guys had two wins, but not convincing wins over the Ottawa Senators. Mm. We got absolutely spanked by the Capitals in a very dramatic way. Mm. Um, so what if you think this game is going to go differently, we, if, if people forget, um, Flyers won that last game four to one chased Leonard from the net, which was surprising. Um, it was a pretty convincing win mm. for the Flyers. Do you expect something different 
this time? Or do you think that there's something about the Flyers' current game that might give the Islanders fits? I definitely expect something different, uh, especially because it is Bill Torrey Appreciation Night because uh, he passed away over the summer. Yeah. So he finally got around to, to doing Bill Torrey Tribute Night. His family's going to be there. There's going to be a lot of alumni there. So yeah. hopefully, you know, they can kind of get together and pull it together in front of these old Islanders and make them happy at least. Uh, as far as being on the ice goes, that game was a really odd one. I feel, It's funny that, like, you thought of it as a convincing game because to me it was like, oh, man, they, they could have won that game. And it was one of those ones where, like, the score didn't really indicate kind of how the game went. You know, the Flyers had their chances and they buried them. Yeah, the Islanders had a lot of chances and didn't bury them. So. Yeah, I, I may have been blinded by my intense hatred for Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, making me happy. Yeah, right. No, but, but I mean, again, the Flyers deserve to win that game. The Islanders didn't, you know, they're, they're, it was weird because their coverage in their own zone was completely off and terrible. And in fact, it has been still bad against the Senators. So that's what kind of caused that. But I mean, I thought they had their chances. And Brian Elliott, who I was like, oh, I didn't even know he was healthy again, you know, kind of did his job. And that's that's how, want, how they won. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily the Flyers themselves that that pose a problem for the Islanders. The Islanders have a problem with um, teams with, like, flat-out speed just drive them crazy. The Flyers are definitely not – they're a fast team, but they're not – yeah, sometimes. Because some guys are fast, yeah. other guys not. But, like, the Hurricanes have dri- driven the Islanders crazy. Um, you know, even the Senators, again, they're, like they're – pretty, they're pretty quick for a team that's not very good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes the Islanders are able to slow them down. Like, they've, they've shut out Tampa, or they, they beat Tampa, I should say. They've beaten the Leafs, who are pretty fast, too. Um, so it's, it's those kinds of teams that hurt them. And also the Bruins just destroy the Islanders because the mm. Bruins play the same exact game that the Islanders do, only they play it much better and they have like hall of famers on their team. So, you know, it's kind of like looking into a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, hopefully the Islanders don't lay another egg. That would obviously be a problem. Um, I would think that trots would have them ready considering what happened literally a week ago and what happened for two games in, in Ottawa. Um, but that that's the thing. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the Flyers themselves that pose a problem. It's just – it's almost like the Islanders need to get out of their own way, basically. And, and you know, if they can get two points, get two points. That's all you need, really. So you just – I just thought of a question while you were talking. Hmm. Who is it – just to get away from the game stuff for a second. Um, so you guys are obviously going to make the playoffs. What well. team – and I, I mean, I feel <laughs> – East this year, like I, the teams at the top are like, like you're saying, super good. Like Tampa mm. is like, I don't right. even know what you're doing. It's like a historically <laughs> remarkable season. Like I don't even know what's happening down there. Right. Toronto obviously really good. Boston unfortunately good. Um, <laughs> who would you like to see in the first round? It's funny because my friends and I were talking about this on our trade deadline podcast, and. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, and I'm probably jinxing the Islanders by saying this, but I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would rather they play either Washington or Pittsburgh in the first round. Mm. And that that is insane to say. But the thing is, I don't want any part of Carolina. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't want to fall into them to fall into the the Atlantic bracket and end up playing one of the other. It seems unlikely at this point. Like, I you know, wouldn't want them to – trip to fumble over themselves end up eighth and have to play the lightning although they have played the lightning pretty well this year all things considered they're not going to win that series <laughs> um people want them to play the leafs for the obvious reasons i i don't know if i could take it yeah um, 
that would be, and the Bruins would just, they're going to, I, I think the Bruins are sneakily a really, really, uh, I think they have a really good shot at, at winning the East, probably beating the Lightning. They're just, I don't know. They're just stifling. I'm almost, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by as much as I hate them too. I'm incredibly <laughs> impressed by what they do. They're just, they're just a well-oiled machine at this point, but a different kind of machine than, than Tampa. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I would pick either Washington or Pittsburgh. I think, yeah, those are solid choices. I, I mean, obviously Pittsburgh, mm. they always find a way in the postseason, but you know, they yeah. have two very bad defensemen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're not the same penguins that we're used to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Matt, yeah, Matt Murray is no longer like some kind of wonderkin stealing games mm. left and right. Like, I mean, obviously at any point he could turn that back on, but right. Yeah, right. if yeah, if I was thinking about playoffs, which I'm not, for reason, <laughs> but if I were, I I think those are the two teams that I would pick too. Right. So. Yeah. Okay, back to the game. <laughs> um, who should Flyers fans be looking to on the Isles roster? Not like obviously not Barzal, not Lee. <laughs> Um, who's going to make an impact in this game, you think? Well, I just mentioned him a minute ago. Uh, Michael Dow Cole has now been uh, upgraded to regular recall from emergency recall. And uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, of all the things that have gone com- in a completely different direction for the Islanders this year than most people thought, Dow Cole started this season like barely a prospect. Like he was a guy, he was a first round pick in 2014. And we were all kind of like, well, he's either going to make it this year or he's going to be playing in Switzerland next year. Like he's just, there's somewhere he's got to find something. And he, he worked out over the summer and he came back as this, this incredible defensive forward. Like he's like a one man four check now. And he's, he has found a spot on this team. And Barry Trotz was saying, I'm a fan of Michael. He wants to play him. And so the Islanders have a great, a much better record when he's in the lineup than they do when he's not in the lineup, which is considering, you know, that they have Andrew Ladd, uh, who came back from injury and is like Mr. Two or three Stanley Cup rings and veteran presence and all that stuff. Uh, we would all take uh, Cole over him any any day of the week. He played with Filpola and Komarov, and, and the three of them just didn't give up shots on goal. It's pretty remarkable. And now Cole was playing with Barzell as sort of like the corner guy, forechecking guy to kind of get him the puck. So he's one guy to look at. And then Devon Taves also, mm-hmm. you know, he was called up from the AHL, uh, a couple months ago, nobody's heard of this guy because you know if people don't pay attention to the Islanders, they surely don't pay attention to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. <laughs> and this guy, he is—he's arguably the Islanders' best defenseman this year. He scored a goal against the Senators at the Coliseum on Tuesday, where he took a pass from Dal Cole. He just gloved it down to the ice and just put it in the top corner on the opposite side of the net behind Craig Anderson. And it was—it was unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, both of them are very, very good, and both of them have been very consistent this year. And if you don't know who they are, you're like, who the hell, who, what Taves is this? And there's another Taves? Yes. Again, no relation, but they're two, two very good players. Does he spell his name in the same ridiculous way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Another person who pronounces that group of letters in that it's way. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they're not related. I don't know. We, we still can't figure it out, but That's it's kind amazing. of funny nonetheless. The Islanders have the other Taves, the other Sebastian Ajo. They always have the, the other, like, mirror version of the uh, the good players. That's hilarious. Maybe it's really Toes, but, like, once he started playing hockey, he was like, I'm going to get myself noticed. Right, yeah. Pronouncing my name to <laughs> so, Normally, at this point, I would ask you who on the Flyers you want to see play, but instead I'm going to tell you who to watch. <laughs> okay. And that is my current favorite Flyer possibly of all time. Wow. Philippe Myers. Okay. 
who is a rookie defenseman, mm. was finally called up several weeks ago after absolutely crushing it for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms mm. in the AHL. Just scored his first goal the other night. He oh, good. Is, so he won't do it against the Islanders then. Thank yeah, God. We got that out of the way. So you're fine. Okay, good. And he is like an absolute joy to watch. Like he's mm. super aggressive. He's like obviously. I think it was Charlie who said this on our podcast. Like he's so confident that mm. he, no matter what player he's going up against, no matter where he is on the mm. ice, he thinks he's coming away with the puck. And a lot <laughs> of times he does. He's just like big, and he mm. can skate well. He was undrafted, which to me is like. Remarkable awesome. because he's yeah. so good. But yeah, keep an eye on Phil Myers. I will. He's good. Yeah, I will. I'm still trying to figure out around the, the trade deadline. I was reading all this stuff about should the Flyers trade Gostas Bear? And I'm, oh I was God. like, how long have I been asleep for? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they didn't, which is smart. But I was like, where, where did this come from? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I too thought that I had some kind of stroke and woke yeah. up alternate. Yeah. Very weird. Because there were like um, actual hockey writers suggesting mm. that perhaps Shane Goss's bear was a problem. There's this weird thing that Flyers fans do um, <laughs> where I think we're just so used to not having nice things. Mm. And if we end up with more than one nice thing, like we don't know what to do with our hands. So it's like, no. oh, well, Travis Sandheim is really good and he's yeah. an offensive defenseman. So now Shane Goss's bear is expendable. Like you can't yeah. have two really good yeah. offensive defensemen on a team. Like it's. I don't. Yeah, that, no, I, we we do the same thing. We do the same thing at our blog. Like, oh yeah, this guy's good. You could trade the other guy. It's like, well, why not have them both no. and <laughs> add somebody else? <laughs> Let's have yeah. like twenty good players. Yeah, imagine that. Go it's figure. Whole idea. I don't know. Right. It work. Yeah. Also, apparently, you do need like a Leo Komarov <laughs> on every single and yeah. roster. You have to have at least one pile of garbage. Yeah. Otherwise, what would we talk about? <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, it's funny that you, you, you bring up your hatred for Lamorello because as, as great as this season has been, as much fun as this Islander season has been so far, like there's an argument that it's had more to do with Trotz and, and oh, the coaching sure. staff than it has, it's had to do with Lou. But uh, I don't know. It's just going from Garth Snow, who did like, you know, two press availabilities a year, seemed to really just be annoyed by them more than anything else and just. You know, we don't know what he did most of the time. Like the first five years or whatever, he he did good work. He found these guys in the scrap heap and picked up these guys who were nobodies and gave them careers, and that's awesome. And then eventually he just kind of stopped working, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it's it's actually – I mean, I know. I, I came from this school too. Like, oh, man, it's really? It's Lou? But just hearing him talk and hearing him like him, – him and Trotz are both very upfront about stuff, and they, they explain stuff to you, and they tell you what it is. And you might not want to hear what they're saying, but – they're very clear about it, and it's 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 nice to hear. Like it's nice that when there's somebody in charge of your your team that's an adult, and yeah. you're like, okay, uh, that's fine. Like I buy, I don't I don't like it, but I can buy it, and it's fine. You know? so, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that my hatred is rational in any way because it's mostly based <laughs> on um, I'm still holding the late '90s against him. Exactly. Yeah. As far as miserable hockey experience, <laughs> and also I personally am a big fan of beards. And he mm. has some kind of weird obsession with men shaving their face, which I don't understand. Yeah. I don't accept it. Yeah. It's well, he made Nick Letty. Maybe that's why Nick Letty's not had a great season because he had yeah. to shave that great beard. But yeah. it's not his. It, blame the New York Yankees. It's their, it's yeah. their policy too. So. so wait, was Clutterbuck allowed to keep his mustache or did that have to go too? He, no, it had to go. Uh, early in the season, he got cut or something oh. up on the lip. So they kind of let it slide a little bit, but it's been cut. 
since since about yeah. I don't know November or something. So Fucking yeah. Lou. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. With a majestic mustache, and now it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> the last thing I'll ask you is to give me a prediction for the game. Um, I'm gonna predict an Islanders win, but probably barely. I expect it to be a good game. Again, yeah. there's you know the alumni in the house. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. I want to see you know some old Islanders there, and I want to see a win, and then we you know everybody just moves on. I do know that win or lose Sunday, I'm going to see Captain Marvel, so I'll be okay. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Islanders win too, but I too think it will be close. I'm going to say three. Yeah. yeah. Three, two, four, three, something along those lines. Probably yeah. nobody's really happy, but nobody's really sad either. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Best kind of hockey game. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dan. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with me and doing this. No problem. I love it. You're literally <laughs> one of my favorite people to do. Ah, these uh, the feeling is mutual. You guys do a great job. Love the podcast. Love the blog. Love everything. Thank you. I'm (laughs) happy to hear that. Thank you so much. All right. So we've got the Islanders, 7 p.m. Saturday. Go Flyers.